Good morning. I'm glad you could be with me today as we're in God's Word together, unfolding it, seeking to better understand what God has spoken from eternity and made available to us in his God-breathed Word. We're in the midst of an extended study of the book of Romans. We're in chapter 1 of that study. Uh, yesterday we began to look at the verses 24 through 32, and I want to pick up our reading again there this morning. Romans chapter 1, beginning in verse 24. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their heart to impurity and to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they had exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And for this reason, God gave up gave them up to dishonorable passions, for their women ended up exchanging natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passions for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. Well, I'll stop the reading there. We've been talking about the fact of sin, the gospel, the universality of sin, and now we're talking in this portion of the first chapter about some of the consequences, the tragic consequences of sin and a decision on someone's life and in someone's heart to suppress the truth about God, to refuse to bow the knee before the Lord, to turn to the gospel, to the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. God says, I gave them up. What a terrible phrase. He gives them up. He gives them over to the power of sin. That's a dynamic that we saw yesterday has been around since the very beginning of time. In Genesis 4, in the Cain and Abel episode, God is commanding and cocking to Cain, and he says, sin is crouching at your door, and its desire is to control you, but you must rule over it. And sin has been around ever since. And God, in response to a determination in a human heart to rebel against him, to refuse to deal with sin properly, gives them over to that very power. What's the point? The point is this. When you and I, and both of us have, when you and I rebelled against God in our life, we became slaves to the power of sin because God gave us over to it. Now, we may differ in how much that slavery has been expressed. In other words, how much has sin degenerated our life and caused the immoral activities and so forth. But we don't differ from one another in terms of the reality of the slavery. That's why Jesus in John chapter 8, verses 34 and 35, speaking to the Jews, said to them, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin, and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, obviously, the scripture says. So all have practiced sin. He says, those who practice sin are slaves to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, but the son remains forever. So if the son will set you free, you would be free indeed. All are slaves of sin, because all have sinned. But all could find freedom in Christ, but no other way, in point of fact. 
Well, let's build on that even more and build on this study that we've been following. What we're learning now in this latter part of the first chapter is this. Sin not only separates us from God, that's been the issue that the gospel was given to address, that our sin separates us from God. We are accountable before God forever for the issue of our rebelliousness and sin. And that would leave us in a hopeless position apart from the good news, the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation to all who believe. But now God is helping us to see that sin not only separates us from him, in terms spiritually and eternally, but sin in the current moment corrupts us. It enslaves us. It impacts on the way we think. It impacts on how we behave. And it impacts as a result on our relationships with other people. Sin is an enslaver and sin is a corrupter of people. In point of fact, sin is a serious problem, and there is no answer to sin apart from God's answer. It is a problem, the sin and its consequences is a problem that nothing less, <coughs> excuse me, than a new heart given in response to repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and an indwelling Holy Spirit who enables us and empowers us in the battle. Nothing less than new life and indwelling Holy Spirit is necessary to deal with the consequences, the corrupting and alienating consequences of sin in our lives. <laughs> Therein is the wonder of the gospel and the apologetic for it, the necessity for it, for all of us. Only the gospel provides an answer. God is giving us an insight in this last part of the first chapter of Romans into individual lives and into society. In other words, God is explaining for us in a very clear way humanity's essential problem, why humanity can't solve its problems either as individuals or as a society. All such problems are ultimately linked to the rejection of God's rightful place in our life. All such problems, personally and in society in general, are the consequences of sin's mastery and control over the human being. And God is saying, your solution spiritually on an individual level rests nowhere else but in the gospel, and the solution to humanity's problems rests nowhere else but in the gospel. And then make no mistake about it, Humanity's problems are rooted in sin, ultimately. <clears throat> he now turns our attention to some of the corrupting effects of sin that God has given us over to. Once again, God didn't cause those corrupting effects, but they are an inescapable, inevitable outcome of the determination to sin in our lives. Any study of God's word will underscore these very corrupting and very specific kinds of consequences. There's three of them, and I'll highlight them right now, but we'll look in more depth at each one of them in the days to come. Three consequences of being given over to sin that prove how really enslaved we are apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. How 
impossible it is to break free apart from the Lord Jesus Christ and the wonder of the gospel. The first of the consequences, which we'll pick up, Lord willing, tomorrow, is that one consequence of sin's power as we're given over to it is expressing sexuality outside of the marriage bond. God created us as sexual beings. And he also created the right context in which that sexuality can be expressed in a redemptive, healthy, good way. God says, sin comes over, controls us, and pushes us into expressing sexuality outside of that good way. All right. The second of the consequences is that not only does sin do that, but sin can lead eventually to corrupted, unhealthy, unnatural sexuality. Sexuality that was designed to be expressed between a man and a woman within the framework of marriage can corrupt and degenerate into sexuality that's debased in its expression and no longer within the framework of God's plan and purpose. Unnatural sexuality, homosexuality, and other such distortions. The third consequence that he identifies in these verses 24 to 32 is the consequence that sin has in our relationship with other people. We begin to relate to others. That's the societal issue here. We begin to relate to others with what verse 28 describes as a debased mind. That debased mind, distorted thinking, leads to all manner of unrighteous behavior toward other people. So remember how I started out? These verses tell us a lot about the human condition. <laughs> they explain us as individuals, psychologically, let's say, and individually, and also explain societal issues, the common interactiveness between human beings. God has given us over in response to our refusal of the gospel to the power of sin. And sin enslaves all apart from the freedom found in Christ. And sin then leads to many, many consequences. The things we'll be looking at in the days ahead in these final verses in chapter 1 simply highlight some of those consequences. Well, join me then, won't you? Thanks for joining me today in our study of God's Word. God bless.